from among all others by the immortal elders Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, Mercury, Billy Batson and his mentor travel the highways and byways of the land on a never-ending mission to right wrongs, to develop understanding, and to seek justice for all. In time of dire need, young Billy has been granted the power by the immortals to summon awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. A word which transforms him in a flash into the mightiest of mortal beings, Captain Marvel. And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. The movie Shazam came out over the weekend. It topped the box office. It was a critic's hit. The audience loved it. I loved it. But there was a show in the 70s, a live-action show called Shazam, featuring Captain Marvel. And I wanted to talk to the actor who played Billy Batson and had a chance to speak with TV's Michael Gray. Uh, Fans of Archer will get that joke. Michael was great. We talk about his career, his time on Shazam, being typecasted, and now his resurgence thanks to the movie release. Michael, lovely guy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. And helping me relive my youth today is TV's Michael Gray. Michael, how are you? Hi, Noel. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I want to start with Archer because that was such a memorable like guest spot for you and I, I was very surprised to see you uh on that show how did that whole thing come about well actually i'll get to that in a second i'm doing two more episodes on wednesday oh great okay i was gonna ask you so, more nice yeah i'll tell you how it happened uh many years ago we were living down in uh really down in southern california farther down than we are now and my son was watching archie with his friend and there was an episode where archie's sitting out by the pool and he said to Lana, what was that guy's name that played Billy Batson on Shazam? And my son almost fell off the couch. <laughs> so then Archie said, oh, yeah, I remember now. It was Michael Gray. So that was the beginning of it all. And then Adam Reed, the creator of the show and the writer, he and I hooked up. And he's a Shazam fan. And he asked me if I wanted to be on the show. I said, absolutely. He said, will you say anything we write? And I thought, hmm. Uh-oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because gosh knows what they're going to write. So right, right. I said, sure. And then he had me playing TV's Michael Gray and dressed as Slim Goodbody. And uh, we're doing the last season now. They're, they're not going to be renewed, I don't think, at this point. But he's got me doing two more episodes. Uh, like I said, I'm recording on Wednesday. Playing TV's Michael Gray again. Yeah. And the thing I, I love about that show, I mean, it's so well written and so well done. But even in your episodes, they had Christian Slater playing himself, and they've had like other right. stars playing themselves too. Kenny Loggins, they play all these different versions of, of themselves, and it's just, it's just Adam does a great job, you know, coming up with these ideas. It's fascinating. He's very, very clever. He really is. Yeah. So obviously, uh, this past weekend, you know, the movie came out, Shazam, and you know, number one in the box office. I took my son to see it, and we, we both loved it. It was well done. It's kind of like a cross between Big and The Greatest American Hero, which... Oh, cool. Yeah, it, 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 it was really well done. Um, did they ask you 
to, to cameo at all? Because, you know, obviously you weren't in the movie. No, what happened, back in 2000, and, uh, I think about 2010, I was friends with a guy named Michael who worked for Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne. And okay. Michael told me, they're doing a Shazam movie. I knew nothing about it. Right. So 2012 rolled around, and Warner Brothers called me and said, we, we're doing the DVD. We remastered it. Right. We're putting Shazam on DVD. Will you go down to San Diego Comic-Con with us and promote it? I said, sure. So I went down there with them, and I ran into a guy who was one of the executive producers of Shazam at the time, and he said, we're probably going to put you in a cameo. Would you like that? I said, sure, it'd be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this for decades, literally. So by the time it got around to making the movie two years ago, I guess they started it, he was no longer with them. Okay. And the cameo never happened. And a couple of buddies of mine who work at Warner Brothers uh, approached a couple guys at DC, I think, and uh, I don't know what the response was, but it didn't happen. But now... DC's got me working with them again, which is pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, because um, that movie was kind of in like developmental hell for years, and yeah. you know they had like so many people attached to it. So I'm glad they made them. You know, it made certainly enough money to warrant a sequel. So hopefully there'll be some sort of role in, in the. In I the think sequel. so. And now I know the guys at DC because I just they're streaming it on DC Universe. Right. Yeah. It was, and, which is great. Right. And I just go to DC daily, so I've made connections with these guys now. And there was a. Somebody commented last week when I did the DC Daily episode that there probably will be a sequel and you might be in it. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's great. Yeah, speaking of DC Universe, the show can be seen on it and they, you know, they restored it and it looks beautiful. It's, you know, they really did a good job and they have a little documentary about restoring the TV show. And I first discovered it, I think it was uh, Nick, Nick and Nader TV Land, I can't remember. They showed like a handful of episodes, like maybe about 15, yes. 20 years ago. Exactly. And, yeah, and that was like because I'm, I mean, feel old. I'm 44, so I, I was just born when the show was on the air. And yeah, you're a little young to be watching it. Yeah, you're exactly. <laughs> if I was, I'd remember yes. it. You know, <laughs> if you were 54, I'd understand. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. Exactly. So I saw a couple episodes and absolutely loved it. It was you know very well done, and you know it had a heart. You know, at each show it was like you were and mentor. You know, had a uh, definitely you know rapport and it was the, you know the PSAs at the end were well done so I actually had to wait a few years to, when the DVD came out to actually finish the series and yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was great but uh, how did you uh, like get casted for that role? Well I had just finished doing a series in Hawaii with Brian Keith and Shelley Fabray called The Little People. Okay. Brian was a pediatrician and Shelley Fabray played a pediatrician as well and I was a kid even though I was older than a kid, right. working in the doctor's office. And the show was very successful. And the reason I was in the show is because I was in all those Tiger Beat magazines back in the 70s. And Warner Brothers owned Independent News at the time. And Independent News was publishing all these Tiger Beats and Fave and different teen magazines. So they figured, let's do a connection here. So they put me in a series. And all the fan magazines were promoting it. So the show was very successful. But after the first year, they changed the format of the show, and they took out my character. Okay. So now I was unemployed, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do at that point. And then I got a call from my agent and said, people at Filmation and CBS want to talk to you about doing a Saturday morning show called Shazam. So I went out there and talked to the guys, and uh, I was casting it. So I wasn't unemployed for too long, Right. but I got to work with someone like Les Tremaine, who was absolutely amazing. Yeah. My mentor, yeah, he was great. 
How much of the character did you did you read the comics? Were you a fan of the comics beforehand, or did you do research after you got the role? I had to do research after I got the role. I was a fan of Shazam. Of, of, excuse me, of Superman. Okay, right. George Reeves. When I was a kid, I yeah. grew up on that show. Right. And of course, I watched Batman. Of course. But then Captain Marvel or Shazam was something different. But I had to do research afterwards. Right. Yeah, the, the, I love. I mean, obviously, I didn't watch the George Reeves Superman show when it was originally on, but when they run, right. the, yeah. The reruns, I was hooked. That, that show, that show was really great. And of course, Adam great West, show. Batman was good. And you know, Adam West had a cameo as being one of the uh, elders. <laughs> yes. During the show, yeah. 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 Did you ever like run into him during the filming, or is that just kind of taped after? I I didn't run into him during filming, but I did a couple of shows with him back in the seventies. Okay. In the seventies, we did car shows. So we didn't. There were no okay. comic cons right. back then. So anybody that had a TV series on would go out on the weekends and do car shows okay. all over the country. So right. I got to work with Adam and Burton Ward, a couple of them. Right. And both nice guys. Funny story, actually, with Adam. We were doing a show in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we both went to the airport at the same time to go back to L.A. And they had a security check back then, but not like it is now. Right. They, if Randomly, they go through your suitcase. So we got to Charlotte Airport, and they went through Adam's suitcase, and they pulled out a bag of cash. Yeah. He was selling pictures in one of right. his shows. And they pulled out a mask. <laughs> and they're looking at him. Right. And they said, you have cash and a mask in here? Right. And he said, I'm Batman. <laughs> and they said, you sure you are? And I said, no, he is. That's Adam West. He's yeah. Batman. That's his outfit. Right. They were looking at him like maybe you robbed a bank or something. It was very funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, just, yeah he just had the mask. He didn't have the rest of the, 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 you know, the costume in the bag. It was all in there, but they just oh, saw the they, mask. They just saw the first. mask. Yeah, they stopped. Like what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Like you mentioned before, like, you know, with Tiger Meat Magazine and like, you know, I guess being a teen idol with Shazam and, you know, little people. Did, and all those stars back then actually had a sing as well. You know, put out yes. a couple of records. Yeah. Were you, um, I want to say, I don't know. I never heard you sing, so I don't know how, how good or bad you were, but were you like ever nervous about that or was that something you looked forward to? I was nervous about it, and I had to do it. Because right. if you were in Teenage Magazines back then, and you had a series on, yeah. you had to cut records, right. and you had to do concerts all over the country. Yeah. If you didn't have a series on, you wouldn't get people to go to your concerts. Okay. So because I had little people on then Shazam, they had me work with a vocal coach, and we cut four records. I went to New York and met with a production company back there, and we cut four records, and they had the, uh, the musicians and the arrangers... Uh, producers were all very professional. Some of them worked with Andy Williams and stuff. So we did four records, and none of them were released. Okay. But I had to do a, a performance up in San Francisco in front of the Western State Fair Buyers. Okay. So I appeared up there with the Archies. Okay. The group that called themselves the Archies, and I sang Sugar Sugar sure. in front of probably 400 people that were buying acts for the, uh, the Western Fairs, the summer mm -hmm. fairs and stuff. And they would hire you and bring you out and bring you to Ferris. So I finished singing. And I looked at all the people in the audience. And they were staring at me with their mouths hanging open. <laughs> Nobody applauded. I thought, this is not good. Right. <laughs> so that was as far as it ever went. I okay. never got a booking. I never did any tours. Right. And funny story about the Archies. Last year I had Andy Kim on my, my show, who was one of the writers. I know Andy. Yeah, one of the writers of Sugar Sugar. Yeah. Yeah, so that was funny. Andy and I lived in the same apartment building back in the seventies, back in the eighties, a long, long time ago. Right, 
Okay. Nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He was super sweet. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Fun talking to him. Now the the show last three seasons and it was really well done and the from what I, I I saw the ratings were pretty good. So why why did it only last three seasons? Well, I heard different reasons. One of the reasons the show was doing so well was because it, the the demographics of the kids that watch Saturday morning TV are very young. Right. But because I was in all those teenage magazines, you had the teenagers watching the show as well. Kids from like eleven to eighteen mm. or nineteen. So the show was very successful, but from what I heard was the fact that it got too expensive to make for Saturday morning TV. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because the salaries we were making, that's right. for sure, but I guess it got too expensive, so they pulled it. Hmm. Okay. So uh, obviously you guys film the location all, all the time, you know, driving around. Yes. Um, your window probably was pretty pretty narrow for like just basically, you know, shooting during the day because nothing was ever done at night. Uh, right. It, it must have... Shooting in California, I would imagine, it must have gotten pretty hot during those shoots. It got really hot. We would, I would get up at 4.30 in the morning and drive to a location, which could have been an hour and a half away, and we did this five days a week. And most of the stuff was shot out in the San Fernando Valley or in desert areas. So it got really, really hot because all summer shots. One scene was so hot, Les Tremaine and I were in the camper doing a scene the heat from the, the sun plus the heat from the lights, all of a sudden we heard a crack and the windshield cracked. Oh, wow. So Les and I, there's a blooper reel out of somewhere where no one knows where it is, but Les <laughs> and I commented, like, what the? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which no one ever saw. It was a kid's show. We were yeah. commenting with you expletives deleted. Yeah, you certainly weren't saying holy moly there, right? <laughs> no, no. holy something, but it wasn't moly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How many of those uh, Billy Batson shirts do you actually go through? Shooting must have been like sweating through them. <laughs> yeah, there were well, there were scenes I fell in water, I you right. know, running through the bushes, hanging mm-hmm. up in trees. I think there were twelve of them. Okay, and they some of them started really getting faded. They weren't bright red by the end of the show; they were an orange color. So, right. yeah, it was miserably hot out there, and they were all sweaty. Yeah, we, I think I had twelve shirts. Okay, and you do your own stunts since like most of the shooting, like riding my the motorcycle and whatnot, or. I had I did most of the stunts myself, except some of the motorcycle scenes I did myself. Okay. But there was a couple of scenes where I was going really fast, and they right. had a stunt double come in. Okay. So a- after the show, um, I'd imagine because you know back then the you know the comic book shows, you know Adam West kind of got typecasted, and so did you. Um, did you regret taking that role at any point? I didn't regret it. No, it was it was work. I right. was an actor, and I was a working actor, so I was very happy. But looking back now, after the show was off the air, I continued to try to get work. Right. And I would go out for auditions. I auditioned for a nighttime soap opera one time, and I was part of a psychopathic killer. Okay. And I made it through the casting people, through the director, and I was up to the producers, and they're looking at me. I'm doing the reading. And one of them said, we just can't cast you in this. You're totally identifiable as Billy Passing. So it was a problem. And I continued to try and try and try. And I finally gave up. I said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So I reached a point where I said, that's it for acting. So. Yeah. I Like, you were acting. Like, it's like, that that was your job. You know, you weren't Billy exactly. Batson. I, I don't understand how, like, casting directors and producers wouldn't see that. I guess maybe now it's different in the time of... The age of now is more channels and more streaming services. Back then, you were yes. kind of limited, I guess, right? Because well, of- funny you said that because I said the exact same things 
to that executive producer that day. Right. I said, I was acting. You produce TV shows and movies. Yeah. What do you have blinders on? Can't you? I was acting. I was playing a part. Right. Acting over to big. Right. I bet. So, yeah. Yeah. I opened my mouth and told him what I thought. It's exactly what you just said. Right. I mean, but, you know, hello. It's, I'm an acting. I'm acting. I'm, I'm an actor. Right. <laughs> they didn't get it. Right. Because now you see like you know so many different people that they're playing roles. Some some are wholesome. Some are good. Some are psychopaths. Some are superheroes. That's their job. They're playing acting. I'm sure. Even back then, people would want to see Michael Gray play something different. Yes. You know? I tried. I even grew a beard for a while. Right. I wanted to change it. I didn't want to look like a teeny bopper idol anymore. I grew a beard. I tried to look different. It didn't work. Didn't work. So, no. Yeah. So you were what? Mid, mid or what, low tw to mid 20s when you uh, filmed? Yeah. Movie? I was in my low, my, my low 20s, early 20s. I was playing 16. Right. I was about 22 or 23, I think. So okay. it was um, Maybe even younger. Right. Yeah. And then after that, um, after you, I guess, quit acting, uh, you, you and your wife opened up a flower shop? Didn't happen to me. I wasn't married at the time. So okay. I was doing odd jobs for right. a long time before I got married. Okay. I was doing construction work. Right. Um, I was selling chandeliers in a store. I was working in restaurants. I, I, would, I would go to restaurants. I, was, I work in a restaurant and people would come in. There were fans. Right. Some some of the girls would be talking to me, and then the owner would say, you can't talk to my customers. I said, they know me. I'm sorry. Yeah. And some people would go, that's so sad. He's now you know, waiting on tables. It's supposed to be the other way around. The actors start right. as waiters. Wait, waiter, yeah. But I was an actor, and then I became a waiter. Right. So I did a lot of odd jobs. And then I got married. I was engaged, actually. And uh, I figured I had to do something to support a woman who's got two kids already. Okay. So that's when we bought the flower shop. Right. How how long did you, you guys run the shop? Too long. <laughs> right. It was a we it was a seven day, nineteen hour a day sometimes seven days a week. It was really tough. Wow. <laughs> it was horrible hours and a lot of work and I couldn't do it anymore. I got to the point where I was just so burned out. So right. we got rid of the shop, and then I did more odd jobs again. Okay. <laughs> selling clothes and slowly but surely I'm getting back in the business and it's amazing to me because we're talking four decades later. Right. Yeah, I guess now, you know, with obviously the show being released on DVD a few years ago, and then now with the movie out, I'm, I'm, there's got to be, you know, you know, in Archer as well, you know, definitely a demand now to see you in any kind of roles. Yeah, it's fun. It's, uh, I've been acting since I was 15 years old when I grew up in Florida, doing the community theater and summer stock. So it's in my heart, it's in my blood. I love it. And the fact that I couldn't do it for a long time, it was so tough. But now it's making me very happy because I've always said if you can do what you love in life, it's a blessing. Right. And I'm doing it again. And I don't think I'll be as successful as I was before, but as long as I just work a little bit, yeah, I'll be happy. Of course. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure, you know, everyone would love to see you because you definitely, with Archer, I mean, going back to that and it was just a voice role, but I mean, you weren't Billy Batson. So obviously you were acting there. So you know, it, it took a right. good, you know, yeah. 20, 25 years later, but still, you know, you, you ever think about, like, doing more voice work? Yes. I, I'll, I'll think anything to give me, honestly. Right. It was right. voice work. It was just yeah. talk shows. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I, did a, I just did a small part in a, uh, a superhero spoof called Surge of Dawn. Okay. Where, again, I played a reporter. Right. Because <laughs> Billy Batson was a reporter at one right. point. So I, I did two of I did a movie called... Uh, Surge of Power, Revenge of the sequel. 
Okay. I played Willie B, Billy Batson, Willie B. Right. <laughs> and I did it again in Surge of Dawn. That was just going to be released on DVD. That'll probably come out in about two or three months. So all the stuff is related to Shazam, which is interesting. But I'll take whatever they give me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now back to the show for a sec. Um, this, I guess the circumstances that Jackson Boswick left were, mm-hmm. like, I guess, strange at, at first. When, when you guys were on set and heard that he was fired, did they, like, tell you what happened? We knew nothing, and that's there was some friction between Jackson and myself. Okay, I think there might still be, and I don't understand. Right, because I think Jackson's under the impression that Les Tremaine and I knew what happened to him. We didn't know anything. Right, we stood up on the set one day, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. The guest cast members were there. Les and I were there. The crew was there, and there's no Jackson. And all of a sudden, a car pulled up, and two executive producers get out of the car, and there's a guy with them. Big tall guy, a little overweight. And I said, Michael, unless this is John Davy, he's playing Captain Marvel. So I said, What? Yeah. What happened? We didn't know anything. Right. They didn't tell us anything. So we there was a rumor floating around that Jackson wanted more money, was holding out for more money, and they fired him. Mm-hmm. But we found out later on, which we didn't know, that Jackson did a stunt the episode before that, which I remember. Right. And he got hurt. I remember that stunt. I remember he got hurt, but I don't know how badly he got hurt, nor did I know he went to a doctor or a nurse, which he did. So that's what happened. He got hurt, didn't show up to the set. For some reason, they interpreted it as he wanted more money, which I guess he did not, from what I understood. Right. And they replaced him, and then he ended up suing him, and he won the lawsuit. So I like Jackson. I got along with him very well. He's a nice guy. But I ran into a couple of shows, a couple of, uh, of events I went to, uh, retro shows and right. stuff, and he wouldn't talk to me. Hmm. So I heard from other people that he doesn't like me because I didn't stand up for him or something, but I didn't know what happened. Right. You know? So it's too bad. It's sad because John and I are friends. John David, the second Captain Marvel. Right. Okay. Did you find, like, the casting a little odd? Well, they look nothing alike. Right. I mean, you know, just another big guy. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. He had to lose weight because when he was flying, his belly was hanging down. <laughs> it was funny. Right. That was a little bit odd, and they told us oh, the kids won't notice. The kids are watching; they're not going to notice another Captain Marvel. Of course, they did. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's too bad it ended up the way it did. John John was a good guy. He still is a good guy. Right. Jackson was more physically fit for the part. Yeah. Don was an ex prize fighter. He was a heavyweight fighter, so right. and he was also an actor. But um, it is what it is. I couldn't do anything about it. You know, it just it was a little bit strange the way they did it, the way they didn't tell us anything. Right. Now, do you think if you like stood up for um, Jackson, you think perhaps maybe they, they would have gotten rid of you too? I don't know. I know I was in the business long enough. I started working in the late 60s. So I know when the studio decides to do something or a production company, it's done. Right. And the actor has no say-so whatsoever. So less than I didn't say a word because, again, we didn't know what happened. Yeah. It was well into the John already shooting the first episode, well into it, like four or five days later, that we find out what happened. So he was already established as another Captain Marvel. So nothing Jackson, nothing John or I or, or, or Les could have done to save it, I think. Or, you know. Right. No, it's, it's strange business. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine. <laughs> I, I could imagine. So the, I asked you off air, but I guess we'll ask you during the, the show. Um, you haven't seen the movie yet, right? I have not. No. I'm going to see it. Um, I don't know when. My wife has some friends here at her college roommates are in town staying with us for a while 
and they want to see California because they're from back east. Right. So we're showing them California. They don't want to go to the movies. So I'll probably see it next week. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I took my, my son who really didn't know much about Shazam. And during the movie, I go, uh, I whispered to him, like, originally he was called Captain Marvel. And he got all confused because a month prior we saw the Captain Marvel movie, and he knows that you know right. from the Marvel universe. And then after I explained, you know, they they had to change the name, I guess, for I guess a lawsuit, right? Because um, uh, it was too much like Superman, so they had to change the name to, to Shazam, and they got rid of the Captain Marvel title. So I explained to him, but he kind of got bored after a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, they're uh, both doing well. I understand Captain Marvel did very well. I don't know if Shazam is going to do well. I think, I think so, too. I mean, I'm going to see it. It looks like fun. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was like kind of like a cross between Big with Tom Hanks and The Greatest American Hero. And I like Big, and I like Tom, and I like The Greatest American Hero. Yeah, yeah. so yeah you'll, 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 yeah, you'll definitely like this. But, um, Michael, thank you so much for a few minutes tonight, and uh, best Pleasure. of luck. I hope to you know, hear you and Archer real soon. Yeah, I'll be playing TV's Michael Gray again. Quick funny story about that, <laughs> and then we'll end this. Uh, I wanted to use the name TV's Michael Gray right. for my Instagram, no, for my, my Twitter page. So I called Adam Reed. I said, Adam, do you mind if I use the name TV's Michael <laughs> Gray? And he said, why would I mind? He said, you are, in fact, TV's <laughs> Michael Gray. Right. Even FXX, who does the show, they're not going to say anything. You're, not, you're Michael Gray. Go yeah. ahead and use it. <laughs> That's Okay. <laughs> That's funny. So where else can like, people find you on social media? I'm all over Facebook. It's Michael Gray Shazam, Michael Billy Batson Gray. And there's two Shazam fan pages uh, on Facebook. One is called the number one Facebook Shazam ISIS Hour. The other one is called the number one Shazam page, uh, Facebook page, I think it is. And Instagram, I'm TV's, on Instagram, I'm uh, Michael Gray Shazam. And on Twitter, I'm TV's Michael Gray. Okay, yeah, so you're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, especially because of Archer on TV's Michael Gray. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and another spot I saw you on quickly was the comic book men. When yeah. They, they, that was really fun. They all had the, the Billy Batson shirts, and they made you put one on yes. and take take a picture. Yeah, that was that was clever, too. <laughs> Do you ever get tired of that, or no? No, I don't. It was it was something I'm very proud of. And it's, it's, it's heartwarming, because... The show, every show, it was good, clean TV back then. Right. And every show had a good moral value, like you said a little while ago. But cool thing, I meet fans all the time who love the show, and they tell me, so many of them tell me, I had a very tough childhood. I had abusive parents, I had alcoholic parents, whatever it was, I had a rough childhood, I was bullied. But your show, every Saturday morning, made my life better. I could sit there and watch the show and have fun and just punch everything out, basically not to deal with it. And made me a better person than what I am today and helped me get through life. And that's heartwarming. It makes me feel really good. That's great. That's great. Thanks again, Michael. Thanks. My pleasure, Noam. And a special thanks to Michael Gray for joining me today. Go check out Shazam, the movie, as well as the TV show. The TV show you can find streaming on the Deep Sea Universe app. It's also on YouTube. You can purchase episodes there as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes. Check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud. It's on Podbean. And it's also on Spotify. On Spotify, just search Reliving My Youth, all one word. Go to tpublic.com for all your Living My Youth merchandise. 
And we're going to have a bonus episode this week. The Hustle's John Lamarope joins me again to finish our countdown of the best 80s soundtrack songs. And we'll see you then.